0: It's supportive and designed to keep you cool, comfortable, and feeling restored. Or check out Certa's perfect sleeper for pressure-relieving comfort and support while maintaining a balanced temperature. Certa mattresses made right here in Michigan, and they have been for over 110 years. Go to Serta.com. Find a retailer near you. That's certa.com.
1: Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky
0: Cash the Ticket, a Mike Valenti podcast. All right, we are back. It is quite possibly my favorite weekend of the year for NFL football. I think it's the best. I know some people will disagree, but it's divisional Mm -hmm. weekend with a maraschino topper on Monday, National College Football Championship. So this is a biggie. Now, normally, I'm in Vegas this weekend. I'm not this year, and that's okay. <laughs> the pup, hashtag puppy life. Um, we're going to go through the NFL games. We'll get to the college football one. We're going to button this up in what I hope to be about a 40-minute tour de force episode. So without further ado, I want to, Mikey, hi, how
1: are you? Michael, how are you? Good. Uh, a stellar. Now, um, do you want the records first? Yeah. Because you, my friend, are now, after two and one, 69-69 and 3. <laughs> I went 2-1 one and 1. Yep. Gee whiz. And I am 75-63 and 2. I played three games last week. I was 1 and 2. Yeah. Uh, I won the Seattle Under... Lost the Saints, and also lost a bottle bet, which I'm paying up on right now to you. Got a baby. Mike, right here. You know what, Mike? I had to... You always you always, copper craft you always, you always mm. joke on air, and I noticed when I was at your house the other day yes. that you were out of Coppercraft, so I had to bring it's you true. my favorite bottle and the 100 proof for uh, when, you, yes. when you're losing a bet. Just take a shot of that 100 proof. You know, Mike, it's I can tell you. Bottle.
0: I can actually tell you, and we had this conversation. There it's been go. a stressful week for me this week. Yes. I can tell you as a fact I will open <laughs> this today. Perfect. Uh, I need a little bit of Grandpa's medicine. And you know what... Uh, it, it pains me. The bottle bet was Tennessee. Uh, you can keep the points. It pains me because it was <laughs> New
1: England too. That's always been my golden rule. <laughs> the damn Julian Edelman not catching the ball in that last drive. I believe if he catches that ball, they do drive and put the put the ball in the end zone. It takes but it's revisionist history. A, it at this takes point. a
0: big man not to gloat right now. And I'm going to admit to you, <laughs> I think you just nailed it. That third and six Edelman drop felt like. The play.
1: Yep. No. Oh, that was the game. I it really I think, did. I know we can't. You know, there's still another 60 yards or whatever. But I think that if he catches that ball, they put the ball in the end zone. Give me my two one and one construction for the people. I had the okay. You won the Titans. You lost the Saints. Saints. Honestly,
0: I'm. It's just a game. You knew you were wrong from the beginning. Drew Brees just was awful. Taysom Hill was their better quarterback. I, I, that one was terrible. Titans was a great pick because I also said the I'm betting in money line too. I ended up betting a bunch of stuff last weekend, and I, I will tell you uh, where I ended up getting crushed was when Carson Wentz exited nine plays into the game. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't handicap for that. There's nothing you can do. You yep. just know you're dead and you're going to take your medicine. Um, all right, let's get to the divisional round. I'm ready if you're cool. ready. We'll do these in order that they're on television. Minnesota. Getting seven, they travel to San Francisco. Storylines are really beautiful in this game because you've got the quarterback no one believes in, who just won his first big ball game in Kirk Cousins. Got to go on the road, second straight week, to face a quarterback that a lot of us do believe in, but he's never been in this spot. And a team that I think we want to believe in, but again, collectively, never been in this spot. I'm fascinated by this game. The spread opened at 8. It's sitting at 7. And what you're going to see is as we sit here, time of taping on Thursday, these games are all coin flips. Mm -hmm. Um, There's really no massive public side as I'm sitting here and looking. So just understand I'm not being uh, repetitive. I'm giving you the truth Mike, you want to start Minnesota grabbing seven? I'm i yep. I'm really interested in where your head is at here.
1: Yeah, believe it or not, I do like Minnesota and the points in this one, uh, plus seven. I think, if I'm going to predict this game, I, I think that San Francisco wins a close game. I don't think Kirk Cousins gets it done at the end and, and they actually win, but I think they stay within the number. They've been fantastic covering as well. You look at... Their last seven road games, Minnesota's covered six of them, and you flip that around. San Francisco at home, for whatever reason, they've been terrible with their past five home games to end the year. They're one, they've are one; they only covered once in the past five home games they've had. I think it's a close game. I, I'm not just sitting here and saying, oh, with the bye week, I think San Francisco blows them out. Now yes. look, I, I've been extremely impressed with the Niners all year and what they've been able to do offensively, but... I think this game, it's going to be closer than people might think. San Francisco wins, but, but I could see Minnesota losing by four or something like that. So it's a full touchdown. I'll take Minnesota, actually. I'll get to the football second. Let me give you some
0: trends, because I know Sully really loves this stuff. Um, one, courtesy of the Action Network, Kyle Shanahan, the Niners, 11-4-1 against the number this year. All right, so you have a team that covers. Mm-hmm. But this is what's interesting. Um, in the entire history, all right, you got to go back since 03, is where this number is tracked, and follow me, people divisional round road underdogs 36 24 and 1 against the spread. Now, hmm. whether that's people overvalue the home team, yep. whether the lines are bloated, don't know. But here's the interesting one if you're interested in the Vikings Mike Zimmer since 2014, the Vikings when they play a non-divisional opponent the vikings are an absolutely incredible 44-19 and 1 against the spread yeah so zimmer vikings wow. non-divisional opponents there's something about not having familiarity so the vikings clearly are presenting some trends but here's here's what this boils down to now let's let's talk turkey here mike yep when you look at this game You are trusting Kirk Cousins on the road, back to back weeks. Right. That's really what, I mean, that's what this boils down to. Now, I think you started to see it last week. Thielen is 100% healthy. Clearly, they were careful with him. Having Thielen and Diggs healthy, despite Diggs throwing his helmet all over the field in frustration, it opens that offense up. But man, when you get into this and you. You are. By, how about this? I would argue, from a faith perspective, quarterback position wise, of the eight quarterbacks that are going to play this weekend, I will not die on this hill, but I will make a credible case. I think Kirk Cousins is the least trustworthy of the eight. Right. Tannehill's playing better football. He's been playing better football now for a half a season. Yep. And when you look at Cousins. Is he going to truly, on back-to-back weeks, pull
1: this off? Is he? No, I don't think he's going to win, but I think it's close and they cover. I really do. I don't know, man. There is. You think San Francisco blows them out?
0: I wonder again, when you're looking at the Vikings, catching a huge number last week, they outperform the number, they outperform expectation, they shocked the world. I wonder what it will be like for them going into a rested team, cross-country, I think the Niners have a recipe where their offense is more diverse. I thought Zimmer did a really nice job taking away Michael Thomas, holding him to, I think, 68 yards receiving. Drew Brees could not stretch the field. With the Niners, they have, you know, what you, I don't know, it's cliche, you call it X-Factors, right? Mm -hmm. Debo Samuel's an X-Factor. Kittle is an X-Factor. Shanahan's play calling is an X-Factor. I don't think the Vikings are going to have that success. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to stand up to uh, a better defense in San Francisco. I, hey, this is the beauty of sports betting. You you put your opinion out there, you put your money behind it and you're either drinking champagne or you're wearing a cream, uh, you know, a, mm-hmm. like a vanilla cream pie, yes, uh, a pie in the face. I actually like the Niners here. I really just think they're they're begging you to take Minnesota. And Mike ask yourself this. I understand it's a numbers game, but like if Minnesota really was catching respect here, wouldn't the line have opened up, say, Frisco minus four and a half? Yeah. I found the eight points on open very questionable. No, I get it. And, and, and I have I no issue the, that people like you are saying, hey, give me a full touchdown, I'll roll they the hang. dice. I think
1: they hang. And the yep. worst
0: point, I push out. Yep. I really like this Niners team, and I said it before the playoffs. I think it's more important for them to have home field advantage than almost any team in football. I I will stick with the Niners here. As long as it's seven or under, I'm going to stay with the Niners. I think they take the Vikings yeah. out.
1: Yeah, and my point is just I think that the Vikings hang. It's even if you look at the over under. It's 44. I think it, it has a 24 to 20 type game mm-hmm. written all over it. And and could that? I prefer 27, 17. Well, exactly. Could it could it get to something <laughs> like that? Of course. That's the crazy. That's how crazy these bets are and how close they are. But a couple of quick notes about the sure. being a number six seed. So. It is just the sixth time since 1990 by the way that we've seen both number 6 seeds advance on Wild Card weekend which is pretty cool but we have we haven't seen a number 6 seed win on Wild Card weekend and then beat a number 1 seed like this game is in the following week since 2010 when the Jets beat the Patriots so yeah. it would be if Minnesota which I don't think they will ultimately win but if Minnesota were to pull it off and win it'd be the first number 6 seed to win since 2010 yeah. beating a one seed the next the week. other
0: thing i really like to garoppolo on third downs is money uh, he's converting 49.1 percent i mean if they get into a third and medium third and short you're dead and it's because shanahan's play calling the run game is so diverse the motions are so varied the weapons i mean george kittle is only one part of it Yep. um Yeah, I'm going to trust the Niners here to get this done and cover a big number. Let's go to game number two on Saturday. I can't wait to watch it. You know my affinity for the Titans. (laughs) Um, They won me a bottle that's sitting next to me. (laughs) This opened at 10, and now it's at 9.5. Again, you're looking at about a 50-50 split in tickets and in money. They travel to Baltimore. Uh, The expectation, the biggest injury for Baltimore, is Mark Ingram. The expectation is he will be healthy. But I think that's a huge key. With Mark Ingram, they're averaging 6.5 yards a carry. When Mark Ingram is not in the game, they're down at about 4.3. He is an X factor in this game. And with a calf injury, there's absolutely no way to tell, A, does he play, but B, if he's healthy, how long will he stay healthy? So keep that in mind as you go into this. Mike, I'll let you, mm-hmm. I'll let you lead off with my
1: Gritty, yes. gutty, tight. Uh, and it, but just a quick big picture note, by the way. I'm going to say this quickly. What a career Mark Ingram's carved out for himself, by the way. Talk Absolutely. about a guy that, that you, I know he won the Heisman, but he goes into the NFL, and he's just been a workhorse, really good running back. But you're right, a lot of it does come down to him. Now, I think that, like I said all year with Ohio State, I, the, the freight train mindset, don't get in front of the freight train. And I totally understand when people say that. And it's true, because the Ravens have no problem running up scores, they have no problem just stopping on someone's throat. I get that. But the Titans, I do think the Titans are well coached enough. I think they're very well coached with what Vrabel's been doing. And they do have the explosiveness potential, I'll say, both sides of the ball. Both offense and defense. I think that they could limit Baltimore a little bit. And believe it or not, I'm going to take the Titans plus nine and a half. Take the Vikings really? plus seven and the Titans plus nine and a half. I think they keep it within mm. that number. Again, the Ravens I, I think it's very. I, I don't disrespect anyone who wants to say, hey, the Ravens are just going to blow them out. They're that good. They've been incredible. But I, I think that the Titans are. Titans, I know you don't believe in momentum, Mike, but the Titans have been playing well. They've been. They, there's something to be said about these type of playoff runs. And, yeah. and especially after last week, I think that they definitely hang around in this game.
0: See, I like the 10 points. And now that it's under 10, it kind of gives me pause. Yep. When you look at Baltimore, Mike, they're very similar to like Ohio State. All year, Ohio State, they were throwing these huge spreads, and they just kept covering them. They steamrolled people. Baltimore has primarily done the same thing. So that doesn't scare me. Now, Tennessee, I just thought, and I I said it to you off the air, on the air, and anywhere in between, I just thought the wrong team was favored last week. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't think New England was better than them. Here, man, if Ingram plays, I think Tennessee is in a world of trouble. Now— If there's one way to get the Ravens, you're right. you got to keep them off the field. They're going to have to have a huge day from Derrick Henry. And, again, Derrick Henry's turning into this throwback, retro, like, running back star. It's incredible. But on the road, second straight week, i got to trust Tannehill, who, if Cousins is the least trustworthy, I'll put Tannehill at seven of the eight quarterbacks. Jeez, man. Got to be honest, kind of like in Baltimore here. They're begging you to take the Titans. I think it takes every bit of the 10 points to attract the betting public. I I think Baltimore loads up on the ground. I think they're going to make Tannehill attempt to beat them. I think they got better personnel uh, than the Patriots do as it would pertain to stopping the run. Uh, The Patriots are susceptible to teams that hammer away. I just have a hard time thinking the Titans are going to be able to stay in what should be uh, a more explosive game, a game that they're not going to be able to manage as easily. And again, I'm going to trust that Ingram is healthy here, and if that's the case, look
1: out. Mm-hmm. No. Opposite so far. No, I, know, it's, it's, I don't. Uh, I don't like and it. And I'm surprised because it's opposite, and it's usually what you and I are even more opposite because you're picking the two favorites, and I'm picking the two big underdogs. Uh, no, and I, I want to kind of reiterate what I started yeah, that what what I started saying that because I understand the hype with the Ravens, it's warranted. I understand the people believing in the Ravens. I understand the Mark Ingram stuff about it. I just think it's kind of a situation with both of these games we talked about so far, where I can just look at these two teams, and I can also look at the Titans again with how well they're coached, with how well they've been playing, with how well Derrick Henry's been playing. You mentioned Tannehill as well. I think that they hang around in this one, and you're getting a lot of points. So I'm just going to take Tennessee.
0: Yeah, no issue. I mean, I could see a 31-17 kind of final. I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to take the Ravens. Um, let's go to the third game. I think we'll end up spending a lot more time on this game. This is this is fascinating, and it's yeah. a real treat because you're going to see maybe the top two quarterbacks in football. I mean, you can, you can kick that argument around, but the Texans travel to Kansas City, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs are laying currently, and I want to get an updated line because this moved around a little bit. All right, it opened up at eight, and now it is the Texans getting nine and a half. Yep. Again, you don't have a huge bet or ticket split. Slightly more money, about 57% on the Chiefs. Mike, where do you see this one?
1: Yeah, frankly, I see it going even more than that. I think it is going to go to minus 10 and, and whatnot. So if you like the Chiefs, I'd lock in right now at minus nine and a half. And I. I just picked two big underdogs. I'm going to pick a big favorite here. I think that the Chiefs, it is that... I think this will be that holy shit coming out party for the Chiefs of, hey, enough with the Ravens. The Chiefs can win this Super Bowl, too. I, I really believe that we're gonna that that's going to be the narrative after this game. Andy Reid, fantastic off of a bye. We know that. That's well documented over the years. And Deshaun Watson, you're right. He's been great. But just, I have an issue with... The Texan style of play, really, which just is kind of, hey, we're going to run the ball early downs and then we're just going to ask Deshaun Watson to bail us out. Watson, bail us out. Watson, bail us out. Do this for us. Come, it, it, crawl out of this, uh, this deficit we found ourselves in in this game. I think that the Chiefs do open this one up and win by over 10. So I'm gonna lay the points. Chiefs minus nine and a half. I think Mahomes goes off in this one and, and the Chiefs really solidify, let everyone know, hey, we're we're a legit Super Bowl team
0: yeah. here. Don't forget about us. There's two things that sway me here. I mean, one, maybe it's a little bit of recency bias, but watching that game, Texans had no business winning it. I mean, if the Bills had even half a real quarterback, it's not sixteen, nothing. It's 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 like thirty to right. nothing. Second of all, Outside of Bill Belichick on a bye week, you know who the second best coach is off the bye week getting his team ready to roll? It's Andy Reid. Yeah, it's great. And there's numbers to back it up. When you go back to Andy Reid since 2003, when his team has more than a week off, 36-25-1 and against the number. I mean, that's Bill Belichickian type stuff. Yep. Plus, Reid, according to the Action Network, 13-4 and against the number with that much rest and closing is a favorite of a touchdown or more. Big power's at it again, leaving people in the dark. How many of you are messing around with flashlights and candles like idiots during power outages? Stop it. Don't do it anymore. Go solar. Powerhome solar makes it easy to switch to solar by hooking you up with battery storage with your installation so there's no more searching for a flashlight when big power leaves you in the dark. And make no mistake... Big power company, they don't give a damn about you. It'll leave you in the dark for four days. You think they care? Number one residential solar provider is Power Home Solar. 30-year warranty on the American-made panels that they install. You will own your power, not just rent it from the power company. So get it done. They've installed panels at Ford Field and Allen Park. They're the official sponsor of the Lions. If solar's right for you, you think it might be right for you, go to Powerhome.com. That's powerhome.com, or give them a call today, 1-800-SOLAR-15. That's 1-800-SOLAR-15. Schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power. Own it with help from Power Home Solar. Uh, here's the other thing. Who's the number one defense in football since week 11? Your Kansas City Is it really? Chiefs. Geez, and they started out terrible. They're healthy. Wow. They're rested. They have a superior coach. They have the superior quarterback albeit slightly, because I think Deshaun Watson's incredible. Mike, I think this is one. There's no way the Texans are going to go to Kansas City like they did in the regular season and ball control this for 40 minutes and keep Mahomes off the field. I'm going to trust Andy Reid. I'm going to trust that the Chiefs are healthy. I'm going to trust that defensively, they've already seen everything the Texans have to offer. And I think they go out, and I think they absolutely make a statement here. And I think the thing you said that I really agree with, we collectively, as fans, we have forgotten about the Kansas totally. City Chiefs. Totally. Everyone talked about the Saints, or the Niners, or the Ravens this and Ravens that, Patriots, it's not over. Nobody really makes a case for the Chiefs. But defensively, they've gotten a lot better. They're on a hot streak for if you, if you momentum people. And when you look at it, certain coaches are just better when they get a little bit of a break. Andy Reid is one of those coaches. I, I really do like the Chiefs yep. here. It scares the hell out of me, but don't you kind of feel like it's, it's very similar to the previous game we talked about? I mean, they are bribing you to take the underdog here. Yep. Bribing you. By the way, you like this? How about Bill O'Brien? As an underdog of a touchdown or more. You ready for this? 3-8-1. Yeah. And overall in his career as just a road dog? seventeen twenty. And one. I just
1: think, I, honestly... And, and, Mike, I don't think Deshaun Watson bails him out in this game like he's done so many times. I, I, I don't think that this is one where if they get down mm-hmm. and Watson's just going to lead this magic comeback, I, I don't see that well,
0: happening. Well, the other thing, too, is Houston, as a defense, when you look at the, the weak point, right, the blind spot, so to speak, it is their secondary. Their pass defense is awful. Well, last week they had a cherry matchup in that regard that Josh Allen couldn't exploit it. Patrick Mahomes has had a full... Two weeks, or if you just want to say a week, you know, they probably did split prep film study wise on Bills, Texans, knowing they'd face one of the two. Fine. They got a jump on this game. Mahomes has already seen Houston, and now he's going to see him again. You don't think he exposes that secondary, Mm -hmm. that's very hard for me. I mean, again, the Chiefs finished this season. We don't talk about it, right? We all sleep on them. Teams have tried to take away the deep ball and make Mahomes beat them underneath, which they are. They're beating them. Their passing offense still ended up number two in the NFL in DVOA. They're full strength. They're off the bye. They got the better coach. I really, really think this is going to be a hell of a lot different than the week six game they had. I'm going to take the Chiefs, lay the nine nine and a half. Agreed. Yep. Totally. Um, I'm scared, by the way, shitless that I took two <laughs> favorites laying big numbers, but divisional round, man. This Three, is, San Francisco Ravens and Chiefs. Yeah. Yep. I, I, again, the one I feel least confident in is San Francisco. Okay. I'm being very open and honest there, but I didn't want to be a chicken shit and not offer you a pick. I know last week I was a little more selective. I like these games better. I like divisional round better. Um, We saved maybe what's going to be the best for last, the Green Bay Packers at home, welcoming in my least favorite football (laughs) team in the land, the Seattle Seahawks. These lucky shits come in as four and a half point underdogs after Carson Wentz head injury left the game nine plays in and the Seahawks got to face Josh McCown. Yeah. Talk about lighting your money on fire. Opened up at three and a half. It's out to four and a half. But here's the interesting thing. There's a slight consensus on Seattle where almost 60% of tickets and 55% of the money are on the birds, yet the number went out to four and a half. Mm. Keep that in mind. Michael, your take on
1: this. Well, and I think the reason why a lot of people would bet Seattle is just because of that trust in Russell Wilson. And, And I, hey... I had the unpopular opinion a few weeks ago that when everyone was pissed off that Lamar Jackson wasn't the unanimous MVP, I fully supported Russell Wilson getting votes because he was he's been that great this year. But that being said, I do think that this is the week it ends for Seattle. I think that they should have lost to Philly last week and I I really do like the Packers in this one. I'm comfortable laying the points. I think Green Bay's been really good. They have the uh they're going to be prepared in this game. You know, they've had time to prepare for it. And I know that a lot of the Seattle-Green Bay games have been extremely close over the years, but I do trust Matt LaFleur in this one, and more importantly, I trust Aaron Rodgers. I think that, bigger picture-wise, this is the year. Rodgers has got to win the Super Bowl this year. He's he's got to get that second ring, and it's kind of paved for him, in my opinion, this year. So I I think that Green Bay does win this game. If I could bet right now, I'd bet on Green Bay to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm comfortable laying the 4.5 on this one. It does... It does scream to me that this is when the magical Russell Wilson and Seahawks run comes to an end.
0: Look, I totally agree. I think the line is a little bit short. Um, I don't love four and a half. Man, I wish I could have gotten that at three and a half, but I just view this look. Seattle, the injuries have ravaged this team. You know, they don't have Chris Carson, they don't have Rashad Penny. This is not the Philadelphia Eagles without Carson Wentz. So unless they plan on getting Aaron Rodgers out of this game nine plays in, as much as I haven't loved the way the Packers have played, I just view this as a complete mismatch. And I know a lot of people, they think, oh, well, it's going to be – you know, zero degrees, and it'll be low scoring, and points will be at a premium. I actually think it could be a higher scoring game. I actually want to chat uh, with you on the total here because yeah, um, I kind of dig the
1: over. But me too. Um, oh my! Oh, oh my! All Forty-seven, right. right? I know it seems a little high for people, but right, I, I but do think it, it, we, it's a classic game between these two. We, I think it, it. I could totally see, you know, a thirty-one a twenty-one game. Frankly,
0: yeah. And and my other issue too. I mean, Mike. Seattle's defense, you know, for people who didn't watch a lot of them, and you see them last week and you go, okay, well, look, they handled the Eagles and dominated. Well, the Eagles don't have any wide receivers. And you got to face Josh McCown for all but nine plays. There's really not a lot to say there. When you look at what Green Bay has, I mean, Aaron Jones is a matchup nightmare. Passing game, especially. Running game, he's a hammer. Devontae Adams, healthy. Nightmare. And when you look at what defensively the Packers are charged with, if Chris Carson and Penny play in this game, I have a completely different mindset. But the Packers now are challenged with what used to be the number four rated ground game in Seattle, but they don't have anybody. You know, they've got a guy you've never heard of and Marshawn Lynch off his couch. I think the fairy tale ends here. And I don't like four and a half. I really want, I, I don't know where people got this at three and a half. But Mm. I like the Packers. Now, again, you may think this is Square City and da-da-da-da-da. Guys, I mean, we've been doing this all year, and I I am like the underdog king. So you can't throw that in my face. Mm. I just think the cream rises on divisional round weekend. I don't believe—the only game right now that I feel like I'm walking into something really bad, I feel like I should be on the Vikings with Sully. Mm. I feel like that's the underdog, but here's the problem. I I don't know anyone— Taking the Niners, so I'd much rather be on that side. It's like last week. I, I hey, nobody was taking the Vikings. I should have been on that side. But I wasn't. But I, I'm gonna stick with it. I, I like Green Bay in this game and I think they expose Seattle. I think Seattle's way too banged up. Talk total for a minute. Yeah. Because I, I think it's super interesting because, you know, you you hear, you know, you look at these games and it's gonna be zero degrees and you 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 look at it, it's like gonna be like Bart Starr on a quarterback sneak and minus forty. But the truth is these games can often be very high scoring. So I wanted to get your take and see if you were kind of digging where I was at with that.
1: Yeah, and one of the trends I was looking at is especially the over-under trends in the playoff history for these two teams. And I think it is relevant because these two quarterbacks have been around for a minute. And the over is 5-1 in the Packers' last six playoff games. With Seattle, by the way, over is 10-1 in Seattle's last 11 playoff games as an underdog. I think that, again, I could see 31-21. I think that it... uh, it'll start fast, it'll it'll kind of finish fast. I, I could totally see a game where it does go over and it's more offense than it is defense. I don't think either of these two defenses is going to be able to just lock the other quarterback down. So, no, I would absolutely lean towards the over. How about this stat since
0: 2003? In NFL games played at temperatures below 30 degrees. The over is 116, 82, and two. That's almost, yeah, a counterintuitive, 60, huh? almost a 60% clip on the over. Yep. So you can do what you want with that. Mike, where's the current number at? 45 and a half?
1: Over, under? I On mine, I see uh, open at 46 and live is 47. What do you got on yours? I can't pull it up, that's
0: why I asked you. Yeah,
1: 47 it actually is, which is which goes to show you it is kind of climbing a little high.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think the over is the right move there. All right, let's turn our attention to the college football playoff, the national championship game. The freight train yes. that is LSU, they just look unstoppable. They had a scrimmage against Oklahoma, which it was totally embarrassing. The line has opened up at four and a half as I look at this right now. Clemson is catching six. The public and more is all over LSU. Almost 75% of tickets, almost 80% of the money. Michael, I'll let you go first.
1: All go right. ahead. I have a feeling we might be different, opposite on this one, but we'll see. Uh, I do like LSU. I think there's a few reasons I, I kind of want to point out and lay out for that. I'm comfortable laying five and a half, six with whatever it is, I, and I might even climb a little higher, but LSU, first and foremost... The passing game, all right? We know that. We know that that Burrow's incredible. We know that, that, that they're going to be just prepared. You know, they have some of the nation's best receivers. And I think that with Clemson, their secondary, it's, it's fake numbers. Clemson ranks first nationally in pass efficiency defense, right? But they have not really played anybody. This is by far going to be the toughest matchup of of Dabo's year in terms of facing Joe Burrow, right? And Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and, and their talented passing game. So I think that that's criteria number one through the air. Mm-hmm. And secondly, LSU's defense. Right? I know that that they a lot of people think they just suck, but I think it's a situation where they really peaked at the right time to close the year. They allowed 65 points over the last four contests. Uh, they're holding teams like 16 points a game, and I, I think it's perfect timing for the defense just to kind of get right, to peak at the right time, and be able to not let Clemson in any way run all over them or throw all over them, whatever. And thirdly, and this is kind of the non-football type reason, I think that the travel too. LSU not far from campus, Mercedes-Benz Superdome less than hundred miles from campus. I do think that that matters in terms of you know borderline home game for them. So I think that look, I, I do think it's it's a situation where LSU is going to win by a touchdown plus, and I'll I'll trust Coach Joe and getting this guys motivated and 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 LSU winning this one. I don't like Clemson. I haven't really liked them much all year, so I got to roll with LSU here. All right, this is not a cop out. You have to remember the time we're
0: taping is Thursday morning. The game is not till Monday. I need to see the status of superstar wide receiver T. Higgins and burgeoning star Justin Ross for Clemson. Mm -hmm. All right, I don't have that answer right now. Now, when T. Higgins went out of that game against Ohio State, I think that's the only thing that kept OSU in that game because when T. Higgins went out, the the vertical went out. Um, Look, Higgins left that game. You know, Ross gutted it out. I mean, he was on one leg seemingly. Um, Higgins took a shot to the head, went out. Ross was checked seemingly four or five times during the game, laying on the field. Um, You know, Higgins came back but wasn't the same. I I need to see the health of these two. I, I need to get a report that they're full go or. Or, or, you know, sources indicate. I, I don't have that. So understand I'm very tepid about this game. And I think Sully's on to something where, look, sometimes you keep trying to find these angles to beat these monoliths, to beat these teams that are just bludgeoning people. The rushing is very interesting. You know, Sully brought it up. How about this? Both teams... Are undefeated when they're starting running back, you know, Edwards Alaire or Travis ATN get over 100 yards. Mm-hmm. LSU's 8 0 when Edwards Alaire is over 100 yards. 8 0. Clemson is 17 0 when Travis ATN gets 100 or more. Well, you could see that end here. I think the other thing is you, you have a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence who we've, it's like the Baltimore Ravens thing, you know, everyone's talked about Burrow, Burrow, Burrow. Yeah. You forget Trevor Lawrence is 25-0 as a starter. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he was perfect against OSU, but that OSU defense is better than what he's going to see against LSU. That OSU defense features a top-five corner in Jeffrey Okuda. It features the best player in America in Chase Young. Those things matter. That linebacking crew at OSU with Pete Werner and Tough Borland, um, they're better than what LSU puts on the field. And while LSU will end up with more first-rounders down the line, Stingley Jr. is going to be a star. We know Fulton. Um, you know we, we, You know they have the talent. I think Lawrence was really put to the test there, and it was a really good litmus test for, hey, can Clemson hang? Can Clemson face a big challenge? LSU was a really good football team. Now here's where they got lucky. They lost wide receivers, and Ohio State primarily lost J.K. Dobbins. This game, to me, will come down to the number, staying at six or above, and and me finding out what is the true health of Justin Ross and T. Higgins. Now, you might think this is a cop-out. I really don't care. I'm trying to show you how I'm approaching this, and and if if you don't like it, do your own thing. I think you have to live bet this game. I think you absolutely, hey, if you are like Sully and you like LSU, bet the game now before the line goes up. Yep. Bet the game now before it goes up anymore. Maybe it'll get to six and a half. If you like Clemson, like I do, you got to wait till the game's live. You have to wait until you see with your own eyeballs or hear a report right in those moments leading up to her. Maybe you watch the first drive. If, if they do not have their perimeter weapons at 100% with Ross and Higgins, they, I, they can't beat LSU. And, in fact, I think Sully and his bet, it would be one of those he might be able to lay back and relax. Mm-hmm. But no, Mike, if Like they, the Oklahoma game. If they don't have them. But if they have them, I think you're in for a 35-31 kind of classic. Yeah. I think you're in for an unbelievable football game where six points is too many. So it's not a cop-out. I'm going to wait and live bet it because I don't have the information. I mean, do, yep. I, I know it's I know people are thirsty for picks, but, like, I think it's dishonest for me to do that right now.
1: No, I mean, it's— No? No. Dude, if you're in a live bet the game, you're going to live bet the game. You don't have, you're not bound to, to give a pick right now. You just broke down the game and gave analysis— I do think that I mentioned the home game for LSU. I'll give you one more kind of non-football reason. and I shouldn't say that. This is a football reason. I do think that it's important to note that a lot of LSU starters didn't even play all 60 minutes against Oklahoma because of how big of a blowout that was. So you want to talk about rest or just preparing and whatnot? That was such an easy game for them where they were already on to the national title game and and their starters didn't even have to, to, to play the rest of that game. So I think that matters too. Especially with you know Chase or Clyde, uh, Clyde edwards hilaire their running back, I think that that definitely makes a difference.
0: Yeah, and again, if if I'm missing uh, if I if I'm missing something here, where you've got to guarantee I'm getting T Higgins and Ross healthy. Now, look, I know Higgins um, is is supposed to play, but I I, I don't know, man. I yeah, just I made your
1: question mark. Well, that's and, all I keep well, saying. No,
0: and I, and I hate the fact that it's a mystery. They won't say what the injury was. They're just saying, "quote banged up." Um, right. It's it's frustrating because you know you want to be able to to plant your flag, and if I know they're healthy and I'm getting six, so I'm taking Clemson. Um, let's do the total for a second because that's right in your wheelhouse, and it's a what is it at sixty six sixty
1: nine and a half?
0: Oh my lord! Well, look, you're for the total...
1: national title game.
0: Yeah, you're the total king. Yeah, I I mean, would... take me through that. Well, I boy, don't you have a hard time going over? I'd go
1: under in this one. Yeah. And and this is kind of my philosophy, and it's I honestly it's worked well for me this year. My philosophy with totals in big games is I really believe it matters because if the if you if you look at the total and think to yourself, wow, that seems a little high, and it's a big type of game, then just bet the under because defenses do step up in big games. All it takes is a couple of possessions, right? Or a couple of plays for a defense to really just step up. And it's gonna go under. I think to ask for 70 points, you have to have a combined seventy points to win the bet. That's too much to ask. I mean, root for the clock, root for root for defense a little bit, root for field goals, not touchdowns, and you'll be good. Um you mentioned, okay, even if the game's thirty-five to thirty-one, well guess what? That's still the under. Thirty-five to thirty-one game is still going under. I'm I'm gonna take the under sixty-nine and a half here and and I think that just it's so much to ask because you have to ask for both teams to be in the game. You have to ask for both teams to be in the mid to high 30s or LSU to score 55 points or something stupid like that. So, no, I, I would definitely go under in that. That's too many. 69.5, come on. Maybe if it was 61, 62, something like that, but 69.5 is just too much.
0: All right. Well, look, there's the totals. We'll get you David's uh, sexy stat time. Hope you enjoyed it. It's going to be a great weekend of football. We'll talk to you next week when we're playing for the Super Bowl and we find out who the hell's actually going to get this done. Enjoy it. We'll talk next week.
2: It's time for another edition of Sexy Stat Time with The Hatchet Man. Let's start over in the college ranks with the college football playoff championship. You have LSU versus Clemson. LSU is the five and a half point favorite in this game. In this game will essentially be a home game for LSU. According to data from StubHub, there's a strong expectation that LSU fans are going to dominate the secondary market. Fans from Louisiana represent 34% of the StubHub buyers compared to 6% from South Carolina, which is where Clemson is located. The last time LSU won the national title was 2007. That year, the title game was played in the same city and stadium as this year, New Orleans, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Let's get into some stats for this game. Trevor Lawrence threw eight interceptions in his first seven games this season. He was last picked off by Louisville on October 19th, and he's thrown for almost 1,900 yards and scored a total of 25 touchdowns with no interceptions since then. He enters the College Football National Championship game on a stunning streak of 201 consecutive passes without an interception. This is just the second time Clemson has been an underdog the last two seasons. The last time that happened, Clemson beat Alabama 44-16 in the championship game. Clemson is 8-2 against the spread and 6-4 straight up as an underdog since the playoff system started in 2014. Let's turn over now to the NFL. It is the divisional round this weekend. Let's start off in the Saturday game with the Vikings at the Niners. Niners' seven point favorite in this game. Minnesota's offense ranks sixth in rushing yards per game. San Francisco's offense ranks second in rushing yards. The Vikings are 13th in rushing yards allowed per game, while the Niners are 17th in rushing yards allowed per game. This is significant. The Vikings ran the ball 49.43% of their offensive plays in 2019. That is the second highest run percentage in the league. The Niners were third with 49.21. So the play action pass will be a factor in this game. And what could stop the 49ers in the play action is Minnesota's defense. Since week 12, their bye week, the Vikings have recorded 17 takeaways, six more than the second closest team, which is 11 by Buffalo and Tampa Bay. Let's move over to the Titans at the Ravens. The Ravens are the 10 point favorite in this game. The Ravens have the NFL's number five ranked run defense, allowing just 93.4 yards per game. Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce clog up their middle. But there were times when Baltimore was gashed on the edges. Derrick Henry, the running back for the Titans, did much of his damage against the Patriots on outside runs. He had six carries for 26 yards, 4.3 yards per carry inside, 28 carries, 156 yards, 5.6 yards per carry, five runs of 10-plus on the outside. Let's move over to Sunday's game, Texans at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the 10-point favorite, and this is a rematch from earlier in the season, Week 6, where Houston defeated Kansas City 31-24 at Arrowhead, but the Chiefs were missing Chris Jones in that game and defensive end Frank Clark in that game. And they did not sack Deshaun Watson once in that game, which only happened one other time with the Texans in the season. But here's, here's an interesting stat for the Texans. In Week Six's victory in Kansas City, they saw Hopkins and Fuller play, but no Kenny Steele's as he was dealing with a hamstring. On Sunday, all three are expected to play as Fuller should come back after missing the last two games due to a groin. The Texans' full wide receiver core could give the Chiefs' defense problems. Houston's offense is a different monster with Fuller on the field, and the Texans are 7-2 when he starts and finishes games. Let's move over to the Seahawks at the Packers. The Packers are the four-point favorite in this game. The Seahawks haven't won in Green Bay since 99. Yes, that does include The playoffs, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers threw for just over 4,000 yards with 26 touchdowns and four interceptions. His 0.7% interception rate was the best in the NFL for the second year in a row, but he wasn't particularly sharp. Rodgers' completion percentage has declined each of the past four seasons and his 62% completion rate was second lowest of his career and since becoming the Packers' full-time starter in 08. According to the football analytics site Football Outsiders, whose DVOA rankings of every team since 1985 have the Packers as the second-worst 13-3 team, behind only the 1999 Colts. But here's an interesting stat when it comes to this, when it comes to DVOA. Football Outsiders notes that three of the previous six worst 13-3 teams, according to them, lost in the divisional round of the playoffs. The 99 Colts, the 2009 Chargers, and the 2001 Bears. Can the Packers get past the divisional round? This has been another edition of Sexy Stat Time with